0: It's been years since I've been into that cocoon where my focus was like this, and all these people wandering around all the hubbub. I couldn't hear anybody, couldn't think of anybody. And I was just in the moment of being the biggest baddest gorilla I could be at that time. And it was just a cool feeling, you know, to to have that. So, uh, but you know, a lot of the time you never get there, especially as an inexperienced competitor, because he's got all this other distraction. Am I training properly? Am I doing this? so I've got this year and next year I've got this year and next year so I'm not in a great hurry not in a great hurry
1: yeah but we want it this year I, we I, need some good news for 2020
0: yeah no I, I I think that that's right and I love the fact that
1: feeling good I'm feeling very good all right well we will start off this little new video series then okay and uh, I think we are going to call it Road to world record, <laughs> right? Road to aim world, high. Road to world record squats. So basically, uh, for those that don't know, this is my dad, Dusan, uh, AKA Slim Mills, and uh, basically, well, actually, I'll let you tell the story. How did you get into powerlifting?
0: I got into powerlifting because uh, I wanted to learn some new tricks. Windsurfing, I wanted to be able to hydrofoil my windsurfer at high speed. And uh, so I thought, well, why don't I just work on some strength because I know I'm going to have a season of crash and burn, <laughs> a lot of high-speed crashes. And so uh, the best way to deal with that is to be strong and uh, control your equipment rather than become a victim of that crashing. So uh, that's how it started. I said, hey, Neb, get me strong. I want a
1: hydrofoil. Well, that's right. So mm-hmm. we went to the gym, and uh, at this point, um, it was a couple of years ago, the gym was still at the, at the house. And, uh, and so we got in the gym, we started lifting some weights, and the first few weeks were pretty shaky. We were pretty shaky. We didn't get through a whole lot of volume or a whole lot of weight, but it started to uh, improve. Well, I have a defense, which is that I'm an old man. <laughs> That's right. You were 71 at the time when we first started. was I, 71? 71 when we first yeah, started. Okay. 73 now just. Yeah. Uh, and basically… But by the way, Nev wouldn't let me hide behind that excuse. No, I don't buy it, because he's always been pretty active. So basically, uh, the weight started to improve, the fitness started to improve, and the, the, the sort of strength endurance started to improve. And I was like, oh, you know what, you've actually got a pretty good squat. Let me go and check the, um, the age group records for, for the old boys in powerlifting. And so I did. And there's a few different federations here in Perth. We have GPC, uh we have Capo, we have um, at the time it was uh Powerlifting Australia. Um, that's an IPF affiliate, which is now there's a couple different affiliates there. Um, but basically we're looking at across the board and the numbers that we were getting were pretty close to the Australian records in in all of them. Um were uh, ahead of the Australian records in some of them and were just behind in others. So uh we, we picked GPC in the end, and that was just the easiest federation to jump straight into and, and have a crack at. And we started training up for your first competition, which was GPC States in 2019. So last year in February or March, about a year ago from now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it was, I mean, it was, in my mind, you know, Nev was really serious about it because he's into the numbers and, you know, you were, you've crossed the science. For me, it was sort of a bit of a luck. I thought, well, I've never done this before. And i gotten through the hydrofoiling thing, so I, you know, had all of that working out on the water. So, well, why not? Let's uh, have a go and see what happens. Right. Yeah,
1: and so basically what happened was uh, Dad was competing in M7 which was 70 to 74 year olds in the 82 and a half, I think, 82 and a half kilo weight class. And, uh, and in his first meet, the uh, WA States, uh, he ended up getting the Australian record for the squat, the bench, and the total. We were a little bit behind in the deadlift, um, but still pretty competitive there. So three out of the four Australian records, which was pretty good. And then we sort of started thinking, well, where can we take it from here? (laughs) I started thinking, where can we take it from here? And I think he was quite content with his three Australian records. I said, nope, let's uh, keep pushing. So basically, we had a look around um, in GPC and and the different weight classes and and, uh, age groups of what the world records were. And what we noticed was that if dad was able to drop a weight class from 82s down to the 74s, uh, he could have, he could challenge, he could challenge for a world record potentially. Now, his Australian record was I believe 127 and a half kilos in the 82's. The world record uh, in the 74's was a 137 and a half, so about 10 kilos more. So we need a 138 uh, kilograms squat to beat that. And basically in training, we had done a 135 squat, which uh, is on my Instagram. Um, You can watch it. It is all legit. So we know he's only a couple kilos away, but he does have to drop a weight class. And, uh, and so we started that journey.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been like every other weekend warrior in that I've gone from being a fatty to kind of, I wouldn't say, yeah, slim, uh, depending on the level of motivation and, you know, what I happen to be doing. So uh, I think the 84... Uh, was a relatively low weight. 82. Oh, sorry, the 82 was a relatively low weight for me. I mean, I'd been down at the 74, but that's, you know, 30 years ago when I was competing as a pro-am windsurfer on national and international circuits. So, uh, you know, that's sort of close to fighting weight. So it was a bit of a challenge. I guess we thought, well, you know, I wasn't really that stressed about that. that, You know, this is all kind of a bonus in my mind. Uh, And... So uh, we thought, why don't we take six, 12 months and just kind of work down gradually. That was the theory, right?
1: Well, that was what the plan was. Unfortunately, it had a couple hiccups along the way (laughs) in terms of training. Now, the weight has come down. You're sitting at 73 and a half, 74, right on the money. So the weight's come down, that's been great. The Problem is, training had to go basically cold turkey. Uh, Dad was back in the States and jumped off a boat lulled into a false sense of security with his strong squats and tweaked a knee. And that triggered some sort of arthritic response where his knee blew up, then his ankle blew up, then the other knee blew up, then the other ankle blew up, and then he flew back to Australia, which is, you know, 24 hours worth of flying in a plane sitting down. Um, he could barely walk when he got back here. And so then it was the process of trying to get rid of this inflammation, but it kept coming back. So we're trying to figure out the root cause, whether it was arthritis or there's an underlying injury um, he's had all sorts of you know tried interventions in terms of heavy duty anti-inflammatories um, we changed the diet we tried a carnivore diet for a while which had some some
0: uh, no, pretty that good was success. Good, yeah 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 so the uh, so I was uh, in pain for about two and a half months barely able to walk and it just you know I had several doctors look at it and of course um, at the end they were all defeated they had no idea. Uh, there was a general conclusion that i triggered some sort of autoimmune response and that uh, the body couldn't turn it off. And so it was just hyper-protecting all of these things randomly. So one day I'd be fine, the next day it would blow up, etc. In any event, uh, I think it was really your idea, uh, after there was a general conclusion that it was probably uh, an autoimmune thing, uh, to do an elimination diet because uh, I'd done all of the blood work and I had no markers for disease or arthritic condition or any of these other things. So it clearly wasn't that. And uh, your idea was, well, maybe there's a dietary contribution that's supporting the autoimmune going high- haywire. And so uh, I said, well, you said, hey, you know, why don't you try carnivore? Well, within two weeks of going carnivore, I had no inflammation. I then celebrated by eating a quarter of a block of cheese <laughs> and the next day I was like the Michelin man, I kind of blew up again. So we stopped that immediately and it all went away. And so um, I've gone from basically four months of not being able to train or walk. And by the way, during this whole time I'm training the upper body. Yeah. So upper body is killer,
1: the lower body
0: is in a different world. Um, But after four and a half months, I've just now for the last three or four weeks had complete relief, not taken any drugs. In fact, I've gone off all of the other meds that I was taking, a variety of things. Just supplemented, uh, you know, vitamins and a few things like that. Um, And um, the only after effect is some mild constipation because you actually don't poop too much because it's body efficiently absorbs all of those nutrients it doesn't leave very much left over and what is left over I think I I think we decided that uh, this is terrific for younger people but older people have constipation for a variety of reasons and maybe it's useful to take a little bit of fiber so we're we're just kind of tweaking that at the moment in event short story is I'm back in the gym again for the first time
1: and you know you you took me through the paces this week. yeah back in the gym for the first time uh, just in time to get closed down by the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, right. First session was at ten a.m. on the Monday that we had to close. So yeah, luckily we're in the position where um, we own the gym, so we're not really you know the gym is closed, but dad can still train. And uh, I guess this uh, mini series that I'm going to be launching on uh, YouTube is a part of all the social media that I'm going to be putting out there over the next um, couple months under determined amount of time until the gym can reopen, uh, but this mini-series is going to focus on getting Dad into shape and ready for a world record squad attempt come Masters this November if it doesn't get cancelled. Well,
0: uh, I've got a window uh, which is to age 75. 74. 74. Yeah. So I've got... This year and next year. I've got this year and next year, so I'm not in a great hurry. Not in a great hurry. Yeah. But we want it this year, 2020. I, we need I, some
1: good news for 2020.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that that's right. And I love the fact that you're attacking the virus on behalf of, you know, uh, everyone who comes to the gym and the broader community of people who want to be strong and fair. Um And you're attacking by saying, well, hey, you know, let's continue on and having virtual things and everyone setting goals. And in my case, I think this may be a revenge for me, harassing you as a youngster. You've kind of set my goal as being a world, world record.
1: World record. That's <laughs> it. Well, I'm just thinking in terms of uh, some of the achievements that come out of the gym. We have, um, you know, state level uh, champions in athletics. There's uh, state champions for strong women. Um, uh, Megan, who is also going to go and compete for the uh, world, uh, sorry, the Australia's Strongest Woman title before that got cancelled. I myself has the Australia's Strongest Man 105 kilo title from 2011. Uh, one of my powerlifters, Denise, she has multiple Australian records, uh, Oceania records, and Commonwealth records. So between the state records, Australian records, Oceania records, Commonwealth records, we're missing a world record. No world records yet out of the gym. There we go. So I need one.
0: So no, pr- no pressure. <laughs> we're getting the world record. <laughs> no pressure. And I've already started to alibi, as, as, as you should, uh, in that uh, you know, we're curious about in this weight loss of uh, 10 kilos, yeah. um, the degree to which I've lost muscle mass. So we've got some objective evidence, which is before I started the last time around when I was a little bit of a fatty and getting ready for the 84 kilo class. I went and did a uh, DEXA scan. Scan, scan, bone density uh, scan, as well as body fat. So we've got that picture and all of that data. And I think next week, having lost all of this weight, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the new baseline is that we're coming back from. Yep. But um, no, well, I, I think, you know, well, why not? Let's go for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly what we're <laughs> going to do. So stay tuned. This video series, like I said, is going to be all about. Dad's training, because it's different. Um, You know, if you are younger and watching, you're going to realize that we're going to have a lot shorter peaks, a lot more general strength training. Um, If you're older, watching, it's going to be a really good uh, insight into how you can train and how you can sort of optimize your training to be uh, the strongest that you can be. So Um, I'd like to say something on that point.
0: Which is that, um, you know, having been sort of an on and off competitive, you know, very competitive athlete uh, for most of my life, Uh, I'm used to getting into kind of a training mentality, especially gearing up for championship stuff. And uh, a lot of that has been endurance-based training, you know, sort of pushing the body, pushing the body, so that when you get these long competitions, uh, in, in my case over days and sometimes weeks, that sometimes it's the consistency of results that matter. But having gotten older, it's been interesting getting back into training with you, where I've learned so much about having to turn off a lot of that instinct, uh, which just basically takes you into overtraining and, and, and hurts you. And, um, and that's been a real learning. And uh, and that lecture that you had with the doctor, the sleep doctor, what was
1: his name? Yeah, Dr. Ian uh, Dunnekin. Yeah,
0: Dr. Dunnekin, where... I came away for that and for weeks i was chanting to all my friends get stronger by sleeping more get stronger by sleeping more (laughs) and and actually what we found in the training i mean you know more about the figures and so on because you track all of this by computer but um it was actually the downtime and the recovery time and the flexibility work and the stretching that consume much more training than the actual strength training, yeah, and was necessary in order for me to work at peak, yeah. And that that was a complete change from the way I trained you know, for most of my life.
1: Yeah. Well, well, with with, I guess the release of these video things, we'll, I'll, I'll be releasing parts of the program as well, so people can actually see different training blocks, what we're doing, volume wise, uh, exercise wise, and a little explanation as to why um, we're picking it, uh, picking those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, w- what I found was that uh, we were taking forty-five to a, forty-five minutes to an hour long to get you ready to squat, and the squat session would only take about twenty minutes. So, <laughs> so uh,
0: uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a euphemism. Getting ready to squat is a bit of a euphemism <laughs> for being pummeled, massaged, knee in the back, having that mechanical whatever that machine is. The, the massage gun. The, the massage gun, and there was a lot of moaning and screaming here, and yeah, you know, uh, so you want a world record you've got to grind yeah well i like the thing of getting stronger by sleeping more and this is something that i can highly recommend especially to people who are a little
1: bit older it
0: really works
1: yeah no it's good it's important and um and, and i think a lot of coaches will agree that uh, when they're dealing with older populations with their training um the amount of time that we focus on really peaking is is quite low and there is a lot of recovery and um, a lot of just making sure that um, you're consistent with training because I think just like all athletes, it's all to get strong, you need to be really consistently going to the gym and consistently working hard. If you do ever push it and you need two weeks off to recover, we've just negated the month of training we've done before that. Yeah, I think, I think that's right.
0: And one of the things is having trained in a different way for competition and other parts of my life in the past. Um, I feel very comfortable about being in your hands because you've designed the program, and we've experimented a bit and had a practical reaction to what I can and can't do as an older person. And that's really good because what it means is that I rarely think in terms of the goal. I rarely think about my performance from a week-to-week basis. I just simply do the work. And the other part of it is the competition part I've just had a lot of experience in terms of competing and there's kind of getting into that game frame of mind and um, and once again I don't I don't worry about that because I know what my own game face is when I'm in competition and yeah. I know the way I go about it and that was actually one of the fun uh, there was a bit of uh, fun in, in doing that state competition because um, it'd been years since I'd been into that cocoon where my focus was like this. I had all these people wandering around all the hubbub. I couldn't hear anybody, couldn't think of anybody. And I was just in the moment of being the biggest, baddest gorilla I could be at that time. And it was just a cool feeling you know, to, to have that. So, uh, but you know, a lot of the time you never get there Especially as an inexperienced competitor, because he's got all this other distraction. Am I training properly? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Yeah. In this case, no. You know, I'm in good hands, and uh, and part of that is that you've seen what works and what doesn't work, what begins to break me, and what doesn't break me, and you've made the adjustments. And uh, so for me, it's been easy. It's just a matter of kind of trusting the feedback. You know, so uh, having a good coach. You know, a lot of you folks who were com- competitors know this that this is actually part of what a good coach contributes to, uh, to uh, success. So, whether I get a world record or not, you know, uh, who
1: knows? Well, uh, no, you know, get <laughs> the world record. We've already established that. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about upping it from 138 kilos to 144 kilos, so that you do a two times body weight squat as well. Yeah. And, I, I, mean, I, and, and I was just talking about not creating artificial goals and having pressure. Right? That's right. We'll figure it all out. But guys, stay tuned. Follow us along on this journey, uh, the road to a world record squad. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.